When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, November 17th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr., and I'm joined by the host of P.S. I Love You, XOXO, a.k.a. WWE Superstar, a.k.a. Greg Miller. Hello. How are you, Blessing? Doing good, Greg. How are you? I'm great. I went to my desk today, and guess what I find? Your Mate? No. Mm. The championship trophy for mm. Kind of Feudy, because, of course, I am the current reigning Kind of Funny champion. How are you? How long do you think you're going to keep it? Now that I know that there's a trophy on the line, I'm never letting go. Oh, you know what I mean? Never we'll letting go. I'll we'll start see. cheating. We'll see. Speaking of uh, Greg and Patreon content, I was thinking I'll about you today. You cheat, Greg. Thank you. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think you can, Barrett. I don't think you have that, the facilities to do that. Uh, I was thinking about you because I was thinking about Gregway. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask, like, how's Gregway going? Of course, that is your daily vlog that you put up on Patreon.com. So that's kind of funny games. And that's right. Funny. One of the 38 uh, exclusive episodes of content you get over monthly on Patreon.com. This is a great ad. Uh, it's been going great. Uh, you know, I think when we started it, you know, Tim uh, pitched it to me. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. He's like, it'll be a lot. And it's actually been a fun little relief. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like a little release, I should say, not relief. Uh, where... I don't do much solo content at Kind of Funny, right? So it's nice just to talk into a camera and have that conversation with the audience. And sometimes, yeah, it's a crazy personal story like Portillo. Sometimes it's me asking for podcast recommendations. Other times it's just a recap of what has happened here today and why that was crazy and what's been going on. But it's been super nice. Like I said, I complimented you in that one episode. I which episode, episode? I don't know anymore. Because I, I did know watch one episode that I thought was the episode, and then I got to the end of it, and I was like, there's no, there's no compliments you, here for me. You talk about me <laughs> at all this episode. You know thing. what I mean? No, yeah. it's been nice to have that like one-on-one conversation with the audience again. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, when we first discussed it in like our meetings, I was like, ooh, that sounds like a lot. I wonder if Greg's going to keep uh, keep up with that. And then I got I have uh, missed one yet. I listened to the episode when we were talking about internet trolls and like how do, like how do you have the time to be a troll, right? Yeah, like why yeah, go yeah. out there and do that? And I was listening, I was like, man, this is actually pretty good content. Like Thank I, you. I'm actually like really enjoy really enjoying this and it takes me back a little bit to the the voicemails you would leave for Andy and I don't know sure. if that's this thing you're still doing. But well, just no, hearing I, you talk I, solo. I can, if you don't know, I lost a legal case against I can't say I one that. of my employees I lost a legal case against. And so I've been now leaving voicemails for uh, characters from fictional things. I've only done it once, oh, but it was yeah. Tim Robbins' character, Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne, yes. Josh and Redemption. All right. Well, there you go. Greg, yeah. we got a lot to talk about. So we do. Enough about that. Let's talk about today's stories, which include Midnight Suns and Pokemon impressions. Dead Island 2 has been delayed and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Did you say Dead Island 2 has been delayed? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who who would really? have saw this coming? Wow. Yeah. I didn't see that on my bingo card. Uh, first time for everything. Uh, of course, we're live right here on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can, uh, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kind of funny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content housekeeping for you a new kind of funny x cast is up right now featuring an interview with pentiment lead josh sawyer uh, that is up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and barrett was just saying that that is an excellent episode and so i can't wait to check that one out i was someone who wasn't fully sold on pentiment but after directing that episode yesterday i was like damn i didn't play this game Barrett, what if we did like a pentiment book club is that a thing we can do no. well, like we just meet we, weekly no, and talk about pentiment clubs. no uh, I'm you starting it. As soon as the I game becomes you. homework, you gotta, nobody does it. Greg, you haven't been in the Pentiment book club? No, I got too much to play. It seems like a you kind of game. Everybody says that, but everything I time I look at Pentiment, I go, I don't think I would like this. But I am interested to try it. I do want to try it. I do want to listen to the X-Cast. Yeah. I give Bear a ride to work, so I can't listen to the content he makes. So it sucks. I hate listening to so I have to, I have to, mm. He has to go home with Andy. Wait, do night. you guys listen to other podcasts? Like on No, the usually music. I usually listen oh, to okay. a podcast on the way to Bear, and then when we get there, I switch it over. Because I don't want to, like... 
it's it's hard to have a conversation while a podcast is going. Yeah, that's my thing is I, I wouldn't want to subject somebody else to a podcast that I'm listening. Honestly, to. Yeah, you come in 20, Greg, 30 minutes late. Greg, I'm used to it because you know on the ride home with Andy, you know what we're listening to? Every Fucking Labatard show, uh, Dan Labatard show. But Andy, and the, I can't imagine. You don't have to uh, uh, chat. Be cool, Barry. Come on, you and I have better conversations than you and Andy. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> I'm sure Andy <laughs> just he just goes quiet at some point while Levitard is talking about some new soccer ball. Yep. Yep. That's is what that what he do. talks about? I don't, is that I've never listened to an episode. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> you could have been like, yeah, that's it's a yeah, soccer oh, yeah, podcast. Every day he reviews like, a new oh. sports ball. I didn't know Andy was a soccer fan like that. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Morgan Lorraine, Fargo Brady, Christopher Rodriguez, the kind of funny Destiny 2 PC clan, Tall Tree 81, Joseph A. Carlson, One Up Pest Control, Carrie Palmer, Elliot, Brian Chaney, Trevor Starkey, Super Daddy Kyle, Undertopian, David Mindtel, the mind freak, Eric Velasquez, Scotty Wyatt, Alex Greedle, Al Tribesman, Jason L., James Davis, at James Davis Makes, Mick, at the nanobiologist Abramson, Ryan T. from Tennessee, Derek Gregg, Donald Eccles. Today brought to you by Rocket Money, Policy Genius, and Shopify, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have eight stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, we have a Marvel's Midnight Suns preview roundup for you. I'm going to start off with Jordan Ramey at GameSpot, who put up their final preview and says, So far, I really enjoy Marvel's Midnight Suns. Having now played about 15 hours of Firaxis Games' tactical RPG, which pulls inspiration from the developer's XCOM games. Overall, my time with Midnight Suns so far has been entertaining, especially when that time is spent focusing on the members of the titular team like Nico and Magic. Qualms with other characters don't extend to (laughs) combat. Nico! Cousin, let's go bowling. Cousin, we gotta <laughs> stop. The caretakers, people. Uh, qualms with other characters don't extend to combat, as everyone, so far, has proven to be fun to play, creating interesting team combinations and potential deck-building strategies that keep each mission fresh and exciting. Here's hoping that keeps up. And then Christian Donlin at Eurogamer put up a preview titled, Marvel's Midnight Suns Already Offers Great Turn-Based Battles and Killer Bookshelf Shopping. It reads like this. Marvel may be the name up top, but my first few hours with, with Midnight Suns has proved a brisk reminder of everything I love about Firaxis games, particularly the part of Firaxis that makes XCOM. For one thing, there's tactical depth on the battlefield, which leaves you with plenty of options for getting out of jams or accidentally getting into them. There are upgrade choices that leave you frowning as you pick and choose, uh, not between what you desperately want, but between what you least care to be without. So far, I'm loving this. The flow is pure XCOM, but the details are new and delightful. It's as quippy and colorful as a Marvel comic, and as dense and interconnected as the best that Firaxis can offer. I can't wait to play more. Greg, you've been playing Marvel's Midnight Suns. I imagine that you agree with everything these guys have to say. Blessing. It's one of those things where... Talking to Roger, who will come on in a little bit to commiserate with me here, Hmm. sending you video clips of this, I don't know what game these people are playing. And I'm not at all taking shots at them or anything like that. I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm not enjoying my time with Midnight Suns. I think if you want to get to the nut of everything, right, the actual, like the most important issue, it is fun to do the card battling thing. It's fun enough as me and Roger keep talking about. I want to see that evolve. I'm only, Probably six hours in, I had a whole hullabaloo with my save and a bunch of other things that I had to reset and restart and do a whole bunch of different stuff. So I'm not probably as deep as these people are. But I have been wrestling with this of how I want to come at this. I want to start with, of course, the card-based gameplay is cool and it's enjoyable and I want to see how that evolves. I'm going to continue to play Midnight Suns. The problem is everything else around that. This is a game that is a hodgepodge of ideas I don't think the majority of them are well thought out or entertaining or engaging. And I really feel when I play this and when I look at this game, it strikes me as I am playing a PS3 game. This, mm. I am disappointed in what I've played of Marvel Midnight Sun so far because it does not feel like a current Marvel games project. It feels like when Marvel used to license their stuff out to random ass Activision, whoever. This is all footage that I went in. I read these reviews and I was like, am I the crazy one? So I just went and captured just gameplay. This is, I'm sure a lot of this will sound like nitpicking as I get into what I am not enjoying about this. But as you watch this, you hopefully see already as it starts to go what I'm talking about, the presentation of all this. Mm-hmm. Like my, my problem I think is it seems like some, they came to Firaxis or Firaxis came to Marvel Games. They're like, make a Marvel XCOM. And somebody on either side of the equation was like, okay, but 
We need to make it grander. We need to make it bigger. It can't just be this. So they said, you know what we want to do? Let's take the exploration stuff from Mass Effect. Let's take the light and dark choices from KOTOR. Let's take the hangout sessions from Persona. Let's take the words of power from Skyrim and shove them all into this game. And so then you get stuff like this. This is a bird-watching friendship date with Tony Stark. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Where the idea of it is awesome. Mm-hmm. In Persona, right, we loved going out and doing things with our companions and getting to know them deeper. Look at Tony Stark stand there oh my God. like a powered-down fucking robot. Like, I don't know. It's like, it for me, like, it's going to sound nitpicky, especially if you're not watching it, ladies and gentlemen. I understand this. Could all, but... They are trying to get you lost in the world of Midnight Suns. You are, look at this. You are this character. You are the hunter. You have been resurrected. You need to meet all the heroes and you need to become friends and build relationships with them. I'm like, I get that. And so that's a cool idea. And the friendship thing's a cool idea. But when it's just this and then mm-hmm. this menu and I give the hangout to him and I get plus six friendship and I get this Abby outfit and we just stand there like power down rope. It's like, wow, yeah. what? That's how I stand around, Greg. And then it, here's, this is another one too of like, okay, cool. There are these sparring sessions. You, you can every day, cause you need to go to bed and do this. You can go spar with somebody, earn XP. I love, I, I'm interested in the combat. I like the combat. I think I could love it. Let me do that. Nope. This is what it is. You click on the button. You say mm-hmm. you want to spar with Iron Man. You get an image of Iron Man punching and you get the plus training things. Like there are, is so much fat put onto this game. And that this is also part of the fat, I think, is just this is the Abbey. Run around the Abbey. It is in a pocket dimension in Salem, Massachusetts. The min oh, here we go. There is also Superlink. Pause it for a second, Barrett. They're, they introduce Superlink to you, right? And what Superlink is here is your superhero Twitter that's just for superheroes that Tony Stark made. Hmm. And so you go in here with all the heroes you've met that are part of the Midnight Suns that are in the pocket dimension on your mission, and you jump in here and you see these conversations between them. This is a way to flesh out the character dynamics, I guess, and do this. This is back to Arkham email, or uh, I'm sorry, Gotham Knight emails, right? This isn't fun. I don't want to go do this. I don't want to see this. Let it play, Barrett. You're in this abbey in a pocket dimension with the Midnight Suns, who are these gothic badass people meant to protect us from Lilith, and Lilith's been resurrected. This is Blade. Does Blade look cool? Does this look cool? No. And, like, Mm -hmm. I know this is a presentation thing and not a gameplay thing, but, like, all that's important. Care- like we're talking about Marvel, right? And yeah. I think so much of Marvel is, all right, what is this game's or this movie's or this comic book's take on this character? And what it is, like, the, I, the Hunter is the created character, right? I assume you yeah. created the Hunter, yeah, right? Yeah, you can choose male or female, and then there's a few different faces, hairstyles, stuff. Yeah, like, that. like it's one thing for your created character to look somewhat generic or somewhat uninspired because it is you getting into the creation tools and, and making look yourself. Look at the facial animations here. Like, this, you are in the Hall of Presidents as these characters talk to each other. Yeah. They're animatronics just talking to and each it's, other. And it's another thing when Blade looks like that or Tony Stark looks like that because yeah i look at this blade and i'm like this looks this blade also looks like a created character and it's and this goes back to one of my main issues with it and again i want to put on all this out there this is a preview maybe i'm going to play another six hours and i'll get because i I'm, i am woefully i feel like in the, my first six hours seven hours wherever i am maybe five and a half whatever i have played so little of the actual cards like, there's so much of this, of meeting people and running around and doing this thing. There's, of course, the war table that you can go to, and I get to it at the very end of this video to show that that is there and you can go do it. But, like, it is so much about trying to put you in this character, trying to put you in this cool thing. This is all awesome. The Abbey looks like Hogwarts with all the lights on. It doesn't look cool. It doesn't look scary. It doesn't look gothic. And I think that takes away from all the supernatural characters they put there because Blade just looks like a dude standing around a cobblestone building. And so does everybody else. And then you have these dead expressions, these dead eyes, this thing where it's like, is this the worst thing in the world? No, of course not. But if you're trying to, as and again, I'm odd man out here. All the previews I've read today are like, man, I'm into the story. I'm into the characters. For me, it's immersion breaking to look at this and be like, oh, this kind of looks like Fallout 3. Like, that's the level of immersion mm. I'm getting. And then, hey, do you want to customize your room? No. No, I don't. Why not? Grant, I could ignore this. I could not. But it's like, this is the game of, hey, you can customize your bedspread if you want to. And then in a second, I'm going to pop out here. And then it's like, do you want to spend some stuff to put in a bookshelf, a cozy armchair? I guess, yeah, I get I, a cozy armchair, hundred quarters upgrade complete. What is all that, this surrounding? Does that do anything for like? To like, my knowledge, not yet. No, it's not. It's doing, just for a it's, Yeah, of, not mm. doing this thing where it's just oh, like. Oh, that's a bummer. And like, look at the environments and the run around stuff. And like, does this feel like this should be an awesome, cool spot? And what I think the game struggles with and, and suffers for is that it does not have an art style. This mm. does not like. 
Think about hanging out in Persona and how cool it was just to look at the art style of the characters in the world you were in, right? Think about Marvel uh, Ultimate Alliance 3, where, hey, look at this, these uh, different ways you have it, and like we can go through this, and you can do that. That's going to be a fun way of what those characters look like and what that world looks like. This world, here it comes, by the way. Every mission starts with this, of you slowly <laughs> walking at the camera like this. And these are all, by the way, unlockable suits that I think came with the version of the game we got because I thought Spider-Man looked ugly. I thought Ghost Rider looked ugly. I thought mm -hmm. Iron Man looked ugly. We talked about, you know, way back in the day with Avengers that the Avengers in Marvel's Avengers looked like they were just people in Halloween costumes. Definitely default suits. That's how I felt for everybody. So I went and did that. They're not there. But then you get into the gameplay, and the gameplay, again, I'm early in it. I enjoy this. I do think it's cool. Like, you know, is it Marvel Snap? No, it doesn't need to be. But it is fun to go through here. And if you're not actually looking at it, ladies and gentlemen, again, yes, tactical RPG, right? Uh, Turn-based, uh, well, I guess round-based, right? Where you have a bunch of cards, uh, our image is covering it. Over on the right-hand corner, there's a heroic meter that'll start at zero, or depending on your character, you might start with some points. Thank you so much. And you see card plays, redraws, and moves. So you can play the cards, but if you see, like, that card I just had there had a three on it, I need to have three heroic before I can use that card. Playing just basic attack cards would then fill in the heroic meter and let me go do that. This is all fun. This is all good. What I'm disappointed in, I guess, more than anything, is the fact that I think, however the conversation went, it should have been, hey, Firaxis, make XCOM Marvel. Mm. Which, and if you, you, did you ever play XCOM? No. There's I've a story in to. XCOM, obviously, the aliens are invading, yada, yada, yada. But it's not, talk to your companions, go take them on friendship dates, do whatever, yeah. right? It, and there are day cycles and all this stuff. And there's re, the research projects from XCOM are here. Doctor Strange and Iron Man are in the forge making you stuff and doing things or whatever. Limit it to that and don't go into this. Because, again, with the whole, like, oh, man, I really need to get to know you. Everybody so far that I've gone into, and, like, uh, it, we talked over, but I, and we were making fun of how bad Blade looked. Blade is, spoilers, I guess, has a crush on Carol Danvers. So, like, that's an interesting thread to tug on, and let's go do stuff with that. Mm -hmm. But talking to Spider-Man for the first time, talking to Iron Man for the first time, uh, talking to any of them for the first time, but mainly I'll start with those examples, right? As the huntress who is, or uh, the hunter who has just woken up, right? You would do the thing of like, so what's your story? Like there's the dialogue options in there. Like what, who are you? And you go into it and it is, it is Iron Man and it's Spider-Man. Like there's no, like, why did I spend the time talking to you? You're not interesting. You're just Spider-Man and that's fine. Spider-Man's great, but why not just make it be XCOM where I jump out, I pick a new mission, I do a research project, I do a thing and then I go play again. Why put in all this friendship stuff if it could just be, hey, you have, I don't even know how many characters are going to be in Midnight Suns, but let's say 13, right? And the ones you pick and use over and over in battle again, that fills in their friendship meter. Rather than me have to go on a bird-watching date with Tony Stark, like, mm -hmm. and then have him stand there like, ah, da, 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 da. like, what do we, yeah. Roger, am I crazy? Am I crazy? Again, the game's not bad, but I'm like, I was playing, I'm like, oh, this is like a PS3 licensed yeah. Marvel game. This strikes me as it's going to be, again, this is not a review thing. I shouldn't even put a score on it. Uh, you're not crazy at all. I'm way earlier in this than Greg is, uh, about an hour and a half in, uh, but there's so much uh, of the uh, the story that I just do not care about. It it, it definitely feels like old, oh thank you. It feels it feels like Ultimate Alliance like one. Uh, it feels like a license game. It does not feel like the new generation of what these Marvel license games are supposed to be. Right? They yeah. talk about you know we see the Spider Mans, we see all of these new properties, Wolverine that's coming out. We're excited for the next generation of this Mar these Marvel games, and it just doesn't feel like that. It feels like an older game that was ported. <laughs> to and, an and, and again to go through like the old game part of it, right? Yeah. And the PS three part of it you saw there and i said this doesn't look it right and it was robbie reyes doing the superhero pose yeah. count them go through watch previews go when you play it do it there are conversations where every, everyone's doing the superhero pose talking to each other everybody's got their arms crossed i sent one to mm. bless that was super weird and awkward <laughs> yeah. of the arms are way up here like they've done it to that and that's what i'm talking about of like it does not feel like, hey, we're Marvel games. We're putting everything into these games. This feels like something that got cranked out. Yeah, and I understand the impulse for them to expand the XCOM like storyline, right? That was the thing mm -hmm. that for me, like, I never got really into XCOM because I liked XCOM's gameplay, but the story just there's no story, right? So yeah. it's just going from gameplay to gameplay. How much that can that really drive me to keep on going? But from what this is, I'm like, man, I just <laughs> I wish there was no story. I wish there was just like, hey, you're playing as Wolverine now. You're playing as Spider-Man now. And that's the fun part of it. Like going in and playing is like, I had the only wow moment that I had was going from playing as Iron Man in the beginning and then Doctor Strange. Like, oh, they're pretty similar-ish. Yeah. And then playing as Carol Danvers. And I'm like, oh, sure. that's yeah. really fun. And if that's what that game was, and it is, but 
there's so many cutscenes. There's so much of that open yeah, world. So stuff. much of what you guys are describing sounds yeah. like there's Whoa. so much getting in the way of the actual fun, fun part. <coughs> excuse me, fun parts of the game. Yeah. Uh, how is plot? Because it seems like a lot of what we're talking about is writing even, and social even interactions. Even positive previews today are like, oh, it's a by the numbers thing, right? Uh, and that's oh, such a bummer for me because that's I what I was looking forward to. The hodgepodge of ideas, right? Is like. Your hunter is basically Geralt, right? Now, granted, mm-hmm. Geralt, you know, who wakes up centuries later, but it's like, that's the feel I have off her. Everything feels familiar, and it doesn't feel better than what's come before it. Yeah. Even to the gameplay, which, again, I'm enjoying, and I think what's important to point out for these previews, right, is it sounds like most of the previews that I read today even are, are further along than me. I'm hoping that the further you get, the more all this can fall to the side, and you mm-hmm. don't have to go do it, and then I could just run stuff. But even that said... I still think Marvel Snap's a better card game for what I'm doing here. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. I, I just I wish that this this was a different game. And with so many other games out right now, yeah. with so many games on the horizon, so many other Marvel games on the horizon, so many Marvel games I can play on my phone right now, this is not the one for me. Yeah. So I think I'm done after the hour and a half. Maybe I'll I'll pop in if there's also the performance right now. I know it's early build, not great on PC. I was playing it and I was like, okay, this is fine. It's like 70, 80. I have a I have a 2080 super. So that's a pretty decent graphics card. It should be doing really good. Epic settings for sure, but it was it was fine. And then I hit the rain section. There's an open world part where it starts raining. Went down to 20 FPS. I could mm. not believe it. It was I'm super having weird bugs too, where you know they're doing the conversations and cutting back, and all of a sudden they'll cut back, and I'm completely out of focus. Like whoever it's mm. like I, that person's like on the border of being like if they're the foreground or background, so they just get blurred out. I'm like, yeah, what the hell is going on with this game? And not to mention everybody's just this super stiff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see how this game shakes out. I, exactly. In reviews. I, again, <laughs> uh, me and Raj are the odd people out. Like, yeah, and again, yeah. these people sound like they got further in it. Like, again, I had save problems and a million other issues that got in the way of me really getting it. I'm going to continue playing it. You know, I'm putting in another few hours before PS I Love You today. Maybe it will be that. Okay, cool. I can finally <laughs> get to PS Love You. Actually, this game is fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yep. we shall see. And speaking of reviews story number two pokemon scarlet and violet uh have reviews up right now i got a review roundup for you on metacritic it is sitting at a 78 on open critic it is sitting at a 76 starting off with rebecca valentine who's uh, at ign who so far has given it an unscored review because they have their review in progress up uh rebecca writes them all right she has to catch them all before she yeah. reviews the game also she wants to experiment with online um but Rebecca writes, after a few years of experimentation on the Switch, Game Freak has finally stumbled upon an open-world formula that successfully reinvents how Pokemon is played, while remaining true to the nostalgic childhood vision of exploration, adventure, and cute monster collecting. It is, in almost every way, the transformation I've been waiting for. Aside from its phenomenal shift to a true open world, I've had one other major takeaway from my time with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet so far uh, that is impossible to ignore— They are a technical mess. In fact, there really isn't a moment in these games where I'd say they run well. The frame rate is all over the place, dipping agonizingly agonizingly low, even when only a few effects such as flowing water or weather are on screen. Character models only a few feet away pop in and out, sometimes rapidly, or or chug along at stop motion animation speeds. Everything has a weird shimmery blur to it, and shadows frequently disappear and reappear suddenly and illogically. Pokemon clip in and out of walls or floors at odd angles or get stuck in them entirely. I spent an entire gym battle with one Pokemon halfway buried in the floor. Two of our guide riders have experienced hard game crashes. And I'll stop there and say, I've also experienced hard game crashes. Uh, Back to that review, though. It is by far the worst running Pokemon game I have ever played. And among the worst running AAA games I played on the Switch so far. And yes, motherfucker, this is with the day one patch. And then Jake Decker at GameSpot uh, did score it, gave it an 8 out of 10 and says this. While Pokemon Legends Arceus dipped its toe into what an open-world Pokemon game could be, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet fully embraces it. This new approach to the tried-and-true Pokemon formula reinvigorates uh, the mainline series and delivers one of the most challenging and rewarding Pokemon adventures today. Where they really shine, however, is in non-linear progression. Scarlet and Violet make some, make some subtle efforts to guide you to specific locations, but ultimately, how you forge your own path uh, through the vibrant new region of Paldia is what makes it so memorable. While the Pokemon and key characters are well-rendered, not much else is. Textures are missing, objects in the distance are pixelated and jittery, Pokemon and NPCs are constantly popping in and out due to uh, poor draw distances, and battles on uneven terrain will frequently cause the camera to clip through the ground. Between Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and Bayonetta 3, the Switch has really shown its age this year, but Pokemon Scarlet and Violet feel as though they are being crushed by the hardware. Pokemon Legends Arceus had its fair share of visual shortcomings, but not to this extent. Whether you play on handheld or docked, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are difficult on the eyes. And then Blessing, at Kinda Funny, that's me, gave it a 4 out of 5 and said this in a TikTok. 
I've been playing Pokemon Scarlet, one of the two newest entries into the series. And as someone who's a lapsed Pokemon fan since the Game Boy days, oh, I'm thinking I'm back. Where Let's Go was too casual, Sword was too much of the same, Brilliant Diamond was too boring, and Pokemon Arceus was too different, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are the innovative step forward for the mainline Pokemon franchise that I've needed. I'm addicted to this game, and I can't stop playing. Pokemon Scarlet is great. The shift into open world has brought us closer than ever to what I've always wanted out of a console Pokemon game. The open world matters. There are three big quest lines that drive your progression with a bunch of different tasks you can tackle in any order you want. Only thing that's stopping you is your skill as a trainer. I was shocked when in my early hours, I was already fighting level 40 Pokemon because the game just lets you wander into high level areas. It's great. There are so many good changes here. No more trainers stopping you in your tracks. Now you have to purposely challenge them. No more random encounters. Wild Pokemon are visible in the world for you to challenge. Pokemon drop materials for you to craft TMs. And the list goes on for really smart changes that make this Pokemon the most engaging that I've played in a long time. Not to mention the story, writing, and character Characters this time around are actually pretty good. The new Pokemon designs are really fun, and this is the first time I've felt challenged by a Pokemon game in a very long time. I struggled in moments, but my determination to be the very best drove me. The big issue with Pokemon Scarlet is how it runs. To put it bluntly, the frame rate is terrible, especially if you're playing in docked mode. It's straight up unplayable at times docked. On my Switch OLED and handheld, it was a better experience, but drop frames, hop in, and graphics that just aren't up to par are the monkey paw to this otherwise excellent Pokemon game. I'll have more to say on kind of funny games. For now, I'll let you know that. And welcome to Kind of Funny Games. We're all have more to say. <laughs> oh shit! It's goddamn. When did you get here? Fucking god! Jesus Christ! Fucking... Can you see everything on my screen, Andy? Uh, yeah, but you should close out of that oh, window, god. Greg. It's oh, very, very secretive. Sorry. sorry. Careful. Before careful we get there. to me and Andy, because of course I've been playing Pokemon Scarlet. I've beaten Pokemon Scarlet. Andy's been playing Pokemon Violet. I want to uh, turn this question to Greg. Of course, Gondo, Gondos, Gondor's Condor writes in to kindoffunny.com/kfgd, just like you can. It says, "Hi, kind of funny." For those who have not played review copies of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, how are the reviews affecting your decision to get the uh, to get the games? Thanks for all you do. I need to go finish catching them all again. Greg, I know you're somewhat looking forward to this Pokemon 100%. game because you're a newer Pokemon. I don't know if I would use the word fan, but like you, you think the game's I dabble here and there. Yeah. yeah, of course I always fuck it up. But the one with the pedometer was my first one uh, on 3DS, or maybe just DS back at IGN, and I didn't beat it by any stretch of the imagination. And then I did go through uh, Let's Go. And then, no, I, I played. I think you played Stop, Sword. And then I I beat Sword. Yeah, I beat Sword with Jen on the plane uh, coming back from uh, the meet and greet in London in France. Anyways, uh, yeah, when they said we're doing open world for Arceus, I said, "Ooh, that's interesting. I want to do that." I did a taste test uh, while Ben was uh, when Ben got here and I was on paternity leave. Then they announced this one and it's going to be modern. I said I'll wait for this one. Mm. So I have been waiting for this one. Jen and I do have a Parisian date like we had with yeah. Sword and Shield, where we went to a, a coffee pl shop in Paris and just sat there and played for hours. I'm taking a morning off when we get back from Thanksgiving, and I'm going to do that with her, where the nanny watches Ben and we just go play at a coffee shop in SF and hang out. Um, what does it do? Still going to play it. Still going to do it. I am bummed out. Like I and, and I'm bummed out. Not even so much for my own personal thing, because, like, whatever, you know, it's Nintendo. Like, I know the Switch isn't going to look great, but it sucks for the super hardcore Pokemon fans, right? The people who are you who are talking yeah. about, like, dude, this is amazing. Reb, hey, this is everything I've ever wanted, except. And it's like, it's Nintendo, so guess what? There's not going to be a fix for it. Maybe when we get the Switch Pro down the line, but not like there's going to be a patch that comes out and does all this and makes it go fine. So I'm still looking forward to playing it. I still hope that this is going to be... The first Pokemon I love, like I beat Sword in Sword and Shield alongside Jen, right? But at some point that was going through the motions because I was just mm. at the end and I don't remember anything super fondly of it. I'm hoping the open worldness of it, uh, being more invested in it, being challenged like you're talking about, I hope will actually make this one go, oh man, I'm super into this one. Yeah, and this is one that I would implore you, especially if you're somebody who's already in a Pokemon or somebody who's looking to dabble more into Pokemon. This is one of those review cycles where I would implore you to actually read the reviews and look at what people are saying. Because even, you know, as my as my review is going up, right, somebody called out like, oh, man, four out of five with those performance issues. And it's like, yeah, dude, if the, if it wasn't for those performance issues, it would be a five out of five. Uh, honestly, and like maybe like watch people stream it like either tonight or tomorrow, because the, the thing that's selling me, despite the graphical shortcomings of it, has been watching you play bless. Yeah, like I just go over to your desk and I just like watch you play for like a good five minutes because the content is there and it looks so fucking fun to yeah. play. And it uh, is, yeah. it is, it is the shift for, for Pokemon that I've been wanting, right? I feel like I've finally gotten a Pokemon game that I've been asking for since I was a kid of let me explore an open world and go out and like really uh, car chart my own journey, right? Where it is, Hey, it's open world. Hey, we have these three main quest lines and 
they treat those three main quest lines as quest lines, right? Where each of them are giving are, are getting equivocal levels of content, right? In terms of hey, th- like the gym, the gym battles are as important as this other thing, which is as important as this other thing, right? And they do the they do the thing that I love uh, open world open world games doing, which is hey, do this in any order you want. You can face the gyms in any order you want. And like, granted, is there an actual order though? Like, if it is is there if I went somewhere, I'm gonna get clowned out? There is like there are, there are levels to it, right? Of the, it, it's essentially the the more north you get uh, on the map, the more challenging the gyms are going to okay. get, right? Like okay. the north part of the map is the more difficult part of the map. But that said, I do think the map is is laid out uh, and designed smartly to where you kind of have two two main directions you can go. And for the most part, I'm for my journey, and I'm I'm curious about Andy. I was ping ponging back and forth where it is. All right, like these the these two lowest gyms seem like equivocal. Like the gyms above above them seem like what you want to do next. But I did have like the, the game tracks what you do in order as you complete each thing. Sure. And as I was going, like if you look at the numbers that are on my screen based on the tracking, it's like yeah, I was all over the place with how I went about uh, doing the gyms. And there were gyms that I completed that were more difficult gyms. That was like, okay, this is above level for me, but I want to try it out. I want to go for it. And I beat those gyms. And then the next gym I find is a gym that's a little bit lower level. And I'm like, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for this. Like, I'm, I'm going to knock the shit out of these I'm people. kicking the shit out of this gym. Uh, and I think for me, that really brought a lot to the game. That is one of the main, one of the big things that have, that has um, really shifted this in terms of, of my attitude towards Pokemon lately, right? It's that. It's the fact that I like the Pokemon designs a lot more this time around. Like, yeah. it's still... It's still Pokemon. It still it still is like you know you get your three starter types. You like you, you're finding a fucking bird <laughs> like that's like cute little bird. <laughs> you're finding bird. a cute little rodent. But the further I got in this one, the more I was like, damn, this Pokemon might be one of my new favorite Pokemon. Just in terms of some of the Pokemon designs, the story is actually pretty good, especially once you get towards the end of it. I'm like, I, there are moments where I'm like, wow, I can't believe a Pokemon game has good writing and has moments where I'm like. I'm, I'm like I might get emotional and tear up at this oh shit, my God, right? Like, really? yeah, like, and and again, it is still Pokemon. It is still Kitty, but it, I they, they I, I think they found the good balance of being very self aware of what they want Pokemon to be, just tonally and and writing wise, sure. to where it's a kids. It's again, it's a kids game. It's a kids story, but the characters are actually engaging. The characters also have really great design to them, and there's a cast here that legit feels like a cast, right? There are st- character development and story threads where I'm like. Yeah, like this is awesome, uh, and the end game is just fantastic. But I'm gonna stop there because I know Andy has been playing Pokemon Violet. Andy, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm enjoying it as well. I have kind of all the same critiques that everybody else has been talking about. Performance. It's interesting you talk about performance plus because I've been averaging about 120 frames per second, but it looks like shit. So I wonder if like maybe Violet has the really good frame rate, but the graphics are really really. Shitty. <laughs> it's part of the. the um, <laughs> no, the uh, the uh, I think this is the best Pokemon has ever looked, and I think because of that is why this is probably the worst running of all of them. This looks so much better than Arceus did, and yep. I think a lot of that is due to the fact that they are pushing for likely a higher resolution. All the characters look amazing. They are pushing towards a more realism a realistic approach with textures and materials i love that it isn't just flat looking pokemon i love the fact that uh a pokemon like magnemite looks super shiny and super metallic and it isn't just a here's a gray texture and that is what metal looks like in this world but those are all just aesthetic stuff um i it's still tough for me to get past the walls of text and conversation Mm. Holy hell, I am just like mashing the fucking buttons because so far what you all are telling me is not interesting at all. And you all are doing it quite a bit. <laughs> like, it's not just like that what you're saying isn't interesting, but you're you're being really, really um, uh, just expansive in what you're telling me that isn't interesting. So all that shit is kind of annoying and kind of expected from a Pokemon game. Uh, I, I was telling um, Tim yesterday that I know Pokemon is a kid's game. I know. I'm not asking for an adult Pokemon game. That'd be cool, cool, but like, I understand what to expect, right? I I want a Pokemon game that's for like at least 12-year-olds instead of like 5-year-olds because it is still so tutorial. It is still like this is the first video game you've ever played ever. Um, I think there's some really stupid-ass mechanics whenever you're going to fight a gym leader here do this arbitrary stupid ass minigame roll a bean into a basket 
Like, there's a lot of dumb stuff like that <laughs> that is just, like, really confusing and odd. Uh, there are these, like, gym... Not gyms, but, like... Like gym challenges? Kind of, um... No, there, there's, like, these raids on mm. these, like, fortresses that aren't the raids that you know from Sword and Shield. Those are, like, multiplayer raids. These are called something different. I'm losing the word on it, but... Um, I was hoping they would be more of a a stealth type thing because this game does have that stealth mechanic like you had in Arceus where you can kind of crouch and you can creep around and you can get around uh, Pokemon. And uh, I love they kept the mechanic from Arceus where you throw the Pokeball at them from the backside and if they don't recognize it, they are startled and you have like the first move, you know, and they're they're frozen for quite a bit, which is great. Um, I wish that they used more of that in these gyms like we always think about the old gym leaders from back in the day where you would fight three mini boss dudes first then you would fight the big gym leader and i wish they kind of brought some of those stealth mechanics into what it takes to fight a gym leader instead of like a really dumb mini game five to ten find the ten hidden things around the town like there's just a lot of dumb shit like that um and despite all that shit talking i'm still having fun with it i'm still exploring i'm still wanting to catch them all and i think that is made a lot easier by the fact that you are seeing them and the fact that random pokemon are spawning at different times yeah. of day there's no there's no random encounters anymore right where it is like you're not right. going it's all it's a tall grass and all of a sudden the screen flashes and you're getting to battle now it is uh you are seeing all of them just on screen walking around and it feels just like arceus yeah it feels like arceus right but i think they even push it further where it does feel like oh shit like these pokemon like have behavior like some of the pokemon travel in packs where it is oh here's a pack of you know x pokemon and then they have like an evolved version that's kind of leading the pack there right like there's cool. really cool just environmental stuff going on right and again like I, to andy's point earlier about like no this game is really good looking but it just it, it runs so poorly it feels like an open world game right it feels like a step forward just in terms of scope there would be times where i would turn the camera around just to look of like oh man yeah this map is expansive and i'm now in this area that's completely different from this other area and you walk into a town like there's a lot of towns in this pokemon game and you walk into a town and it feels like a oh shit okay this is a different town that has a different thing going on to it right but then you you turn the camera around and it's like just the frame rate and the popping of the characters and if they feel like they're pushing... I've been playing handheld by the way I, I i'm still experiencing yeah and that's the issues i i have been going back and forth from docked in handheld and there are times there are times where i was playing docked where i was like i this game might be unplayable docked like it is it runs really bad docked it looks and runs better handheld but it still doesn't run ideal handheld um but yeah like it feels like they're punching way above their weight in in tech yeah right whereas if the tech was able to hold up with it and like their optimization of it was able to hold up hold up with it oh my god this would be the dream pokemon what? game what I find fascinating about it, and like you know, to the question earlier for the for me who hasn't played it yet, but it was looking forward to it. Do, what do the reviews do for me? Disappoint me, of course, that it doesn't run well, but also excite me the fact that it can run as badly as you guys are talking about it running yeah, badly exactly. as Rev's talking about it. But you're all like, it's still amazing. Yeah, that's it's, yeah. A pretty one of my game. favorite Pokemon games in like in many years, if not possibly like since the the uh, Game Boy Advance era, right? Like, yeah. I think this is this is that pokemon game and that's why i employ people to actually read the reviews instead of just looking at the numbers because sure, sure. for me like i think the thing that helped me get get past it and this isn't ex excuse it just is what it is it it runs consistently inconsistent you know what i mean yeah. where like <laughs> the frames are always bad and so there's never a point where i'm like oh man it's chugging like the whole time it's bad and so i like my brain kind of just gets past it after a while but it's still there right and i think it, I, it is a bummer i think a lot of it is also due to the fact that uh I am such a stickler for performance and getting the most frames possible. But when it's a game like Pokemon that doesn't require frame perfect headshots or anything like that, I am way uh, I'm way more likely to just kind of wave it off, especially because I have am having so much fun with it. It's not deterring me from booting it up again at night whenever it's like, all right, time to put in a couple more hours into Pokemon. I'm still having a lot of fun with it. I am legitimately liking the new roster of pokemon i didn't really expect to uh i just heard like based on early leaks that some people were saying that the pokemon didn't look that cool or whatever i'm having fun finding newer ones and it's also uh that you know when i played sword and shield or even you know sun and moon very briefly i there's still a lot of pokemon that i haven't seen that i'm seeing kind of in a new light uh because 
they are beautifully rendered in 3D. Again, this is like the best the characters in Pokemon have ever looked. I think like they killed it there, and because of that, frame rate is likely being affected. But I'm still having a lot of fun. I love the crafting materials. Yes. I love that every time you catch a Pokemon or you defeat a Pokemon in the wild, you get these crafting materials that you could then make uh, TMs for, which is the moves, the technical machines. And it's really neat to kind of have that carrot on a stick, along with all the other stuff that you can kind of drive towards to see these technical machines and go, ooh, I really want this move, but I need five of these and three of these. Yeah, I'm going like, to go oh, look man, for those Pokemon I wanna, I wanna out fire in the wild blast. and try to get those. I want a Fire Blast, but I, but I need a Charizard Tail and, like, a Weedle Horn or whatever. This, and this is me just spitballing. These aren't actual things. Yeah. But, like, that's essentially how it functions, where I, the first time I beat a wild Pokemon and it dropped, it dropped, like, a thread or whatever because it was a threaded Pokemon, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. I wonder what that does. And, yeah, learning that that's how you craft TMs to be able to uh, customize awesome. your moveset fantastic system and this is a game that i think is filled with fantastic mechanics and systems like i can't stress enough how much i feel like every single gameplay choice every single design choice in this pokemon i feel like it's pushing things uh, further and is great and it is hampered <laughs> by the actual execution and performance of it really quick I have, I have one last question uh when you're talking about like a full proper open world so you're you're saying it's like all connected because that was the thing with rcs where it looked and presented in trailers like it was going to be this full like open world but then you know it was like open open zones as a certain game would call it right where mm. you'd go into an area and you would explore that area but then you'd have to go back to the town or something like that like how does it's open world like okay. it's not zones it is a straight up like, open world game and like there are times and i know but people, i did oh go for it go for it i'd say it, it's completely open world bear but there are moments where you are kind of locked off based on progression from some spots uh there, there i remember there's an area where there's like a gigantic gate that you couldn't go for it until you did something but I don't think that's that's very few and uh, far between, though. Yeah, yeah, it's still like very much like uh, there are going to be some areas you can't cross because you don't you don't have the swimming ability yet or whatever. But like once those are unlocked, you can then kind of just free roam as as you want. The, uh, a disappointing moment that I did have though is because you have this mode of transportation. Uh, these Pokemon that have the wheels on the cycle uh, Pokemon things. Mm -hmm. uh, they allow you to kind of traverse wherever the hell you want as long as you can finagle yourself up pieces of terrain or whatever. And I thought because of that, uh, you know, in open world games, when you see like a compound you want to you want to invade, maybe I can take it from this angle and from that angle. And sure, there's a big ass gate that's making me that's preventing me from going in. But what if I work my way up the mountain and then come down and I tried that? And when I landed in the compound after like working my way up the mountain and going through the backside entrance, they're like, can't be here, man. Go back to the front. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, knock on the door, man. <laughs> what the fuck? Just go through the like, front yeah, door. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. We'll have a lot more to say about Pokemon. I was going to say Legends Arceus. Pokemon. Uh, what, what the fuck Pokemon game is? It's not really Diamond. <laughs> Pokemon Scarlet Violet. and Violet. Why are, there, why are there so many Pokemons? We'll have more to say about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet on the Kind of Funny Games cast. So you can stay tuned for that next week. But for now, let me tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use, right? Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to 200 plus. That's right, you could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. There's this app that we love using that takes care of that for us and it's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny shout out to shopify for sponsoring this episode we love shopify here at kind of funny because we use it to run our very own kind of funny 
shopify.com slash store. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store in your vibe, discover new customers, and grow the following that keeps them coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify's got you every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you will too. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Go on, try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash kfgames, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash kfgames. Shout out to Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode. Life insurance is the type of thing you never hope you need, but the reality is mortgage payments, childcare, and other expenses don't disappear when you're gone. And since life insurance typically gets more expensive as we age, now's the time to buy. Policy Genius gives you a smarter way to find and buy the right coverage for you and your family. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $17 per month for $500,000 of coverage. And Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find options that offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. They're not incentivized to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. There are no added fees and your personal info is private. No wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. Story number three, Dead Island 2 has been delayed. I can't believe it. This comes from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Deep Silver has once again delayed Dead Island 2, and the game will, will now be released on April 28th next year. Quote, the irony of delaying Dead Island 2 is not lost on us, and we are as, as disappointed as you undoubtedly are, developer Dan Buster Studios said in a joint statement with publisher Deep Silver. Quote, the delay is just 12 short weeks, and development is on the final straight now. We're going to take the time we need to make sure we can launch a game we're proud of, or a game we're proud to launch. For those of you who've been waiting for years, thank you for hanging, hanging in there with us. End quote. Dead Island 2. Delayed. You feel bad for them because they acknowledge it in their own letter of like, yeah, we, we know. know. We're a fucking joke, <laughs> but know. we had to do it. 12 short weeks. Take all the time you need. Yeah. Take the time you need. I, I mean, like, my expectations for Dead Island 2 are non-existent. As somebody who enjoyed Dead Island and Dead Island Riptide, like it's mm. been so long. There's been so much drama. There's been the old announcement, the quiet, blah, 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 the changes. Like when it when it's imminent and they're talking about it and showing it, and I know they have their thing coming up, obviously, their little Dead Island stream for it or whatever. Yeah. Cool. I, I'm not waiting with bated breath. I don't have my pre-order receipt in my hand. I'm When they're ready to show and I'm ready to hear more about it, but... Yeah, it is ridiculous that it keeps falling like this. It's it's the tried and true Kevin Butler uh, quote of you delay a game and it's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like let them delay the game. It's gonna be better God, for it. Hopefully, you miss Kevin Butler. What a I always miss Kevin Butler. Bring him back. Uh, remember, but when also, was, remember when he was? Remember when he played the Wii in the Firestone commercial and then got sued? No, I missed that. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, but yeah, like I look back at the I look at the uh, Game Informer article for like 2023 video games that are coming out, and I'm like, yeah, get out to, get out of February. I don't need more games in in February. There's enough going on in February, and they they delay till April, right? Which right now in the Game Informer article, there's nothing coming out in April. I'm sure by the time we get there, there'll be a lot of games coming out in April because a lot of games are just announced for spring. But uh, yeah, like I, I don't. This isn't a heartbreaker for me, <laughs> is what Whatever. I'll say. I'll play Dead Island Two when Dead Island Two gets here. All right, don't worry about it. You think you'll play it no matter what? Are you expecting that to be better or worse than Dying Light Two? Yes. Uh, I there don't. He is the man. Oh my god. Oh. The man right there. <laughs> for a second, I thought Kevin he was Butler. actually here. I was like, oh shit, we got a special guest. Come yeah, on. I don't, I don't think it'll be better. Mm -hmm. I, my expectation is just as good. And if it hits wow. that, let's fucking go. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed Dying Light 2. it to be worse than Dead Island. All right. You think God it'll be worse? It, Dying Light 2. Yeah. I really like the trailer they show for Dead Island 2. Okay. It looked really it looked really cool. I hope. I'm always hoping. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think there's any way in hell <laughs> that is better than, Dead, than Dying Light 2. Uh, but if it's as good, then we got a W. 
Story number four, Volition is becoming part of Gearbox. This is Chris Skolian at Video Games Chronicle. Volition will soon become part of Gearbox following a disappointing reception to its Saints Row reboot, Embracer Group has announced. In a statement released alongside its second quarter earnings results, Embracer CEO Lars Wingfors explained that Volition will be switching operative groups from Plyon, 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 remember? Uh, Formerly known as Koch Media, Cook Media, Coke Media, Cock Media, (laughs) to Gearbox Entertainment. Quote, the reception of Saints Row did not meet the full expectations uh, and left the fan base partially polarized. I feel like they were all on the same side. Uh, I don't know if they were polarized. I feel like they were on the same side. There are probably a good like 10% that are like, nah, man, the reviewers are wrong. This is great. The shit. Uh, Quote, the game development studio Volition has been working hard to improve the player experience. End quote. While the game disappointed critically, Wingford said, quote, Financially, Saints Row has performed in line with management expectations in the quarter. Going forward, Volition will transition to become part of Gearbox, which has all the tools, including an experienced management team in the U.S., to create future success at Volition. This is the first internal group transfer where we, tr- uh, yeah, this is the first internal group cr- transfer where we transfer a major studio between operative groups, but it is not necessarily the last, end quote. That last part sounds like a threat. <laughs> As far as like, hey, hey, I'll fuck up your games. We'll send you to Gearbox here, all right? We'll see what Randy Pitchford does to you. <laughs> You'll be wishing you didn't fuck up Saints Row. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's this is the Embracer group, right? They are finally being met with realities of buying all these studios and having them work on all these games. And what do you do when they underperform? And what do you do when you have to close them down? And what do you do when you got to move them around? Like, this is this is the the bed they've made for themselves of how it all goes and yeah, how you, what you do with all these people, with all this personnel, it's gotta be hard to manage and it's gotta be hard to keep up with. Do you think this is a good or bad move though? Right. Cause I, I think when you read the, the title of the article, uh, Volition is becoming part of Gearbox. It's like, ah, damn. All right. Volition is no more. Like we're not going to see them make sense or whatever, whatever, whatever. But like in the quote, in the quote here, right. They talk about, yeah, like uh, going, going forward, Volition will transition. Uh, Gearbox has all the tools, uh, including an experienced management team in the U S to create future success at Volition. Do you think that there is hope there in terms of, Oh yeah, well under Gearbox, Volition might be able to make maybe a better Saints Row game going forward or a better uh, they get Red Faction back or something along those lines. Or do you think this means that Volition is just going to be support on Borderlands or whatever I think they're they doing? Become support on Borderlands God and stuff it. like that. I could be wrong. I mean, we don't know. We're not there. We're not in Lars's uh, uh, inbox talking to him about this stuff. My thought would be though, yeah, that you're taking those people off of that and then letting Gearbox lead the charge. And then, I, yeah, I think you don't see Saints Row again anytime soon. And you have them working on possible new or other IPs or Gearbox things that are going on. Give me Red Faction. That's where I'm at. Really? I miss Red Faction. Really? This is great. Punch through the wall. Like, I, I enjoyed Red Faction back in the day. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not talking shit about Red Faction. It's like, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, give it to me. Like, you know how to play Red Faction Gorilla Remastered? Remastered. Remastered. Fuck off. God Let's damn fucking it. go. God all right. Give me another one of those. Let me, let me get my, my uh, World Destruction. I forget exactly what they called it. It was like um, Terraforming? No. Mars Terraforming forming? was Fracture. Remember Fracture? What did they call it? Uh, Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you like, got to break everything you wanted in Red Faction. Because there was a cool name for it. Let me know. For now, let's hop into story number five. Blizzard games are disappearing from China. This is Ashley Barden at Kotaku. NetEase, the service provider Overwatch uh, creators Blizzard have been using to bring its games to China for the last 14 years, is ending several licenses with the developer. Overwatch 2, Diablo 3, World of Warcraft, StarCraft, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, uh, will no longer receive service in mainland China on January 23rd, 2023. Quote, it will not be renewed, end quote, NetEase wrote in a November 17th statement. One NetEase employee cited the responsibility for this to be a, quote, jerk, end quote. Quote, we have we have put in a great deal of effort and tried with, tried with our most utmost sincerity to negotiate with Activision Blizzard so that we can continue our collaboration and serve the many dedicated players in China. However, there are material differences on key terms and we cannot reach an agreement, uh, CEO William Ding says uh, in the statement. Quote, we'll continue to we'll continue our premise to serve our players well until the last minute. We'll make sure our players' data and assets are well-protected in all of our games. Chinese players will still have to have access to Diablo Immortal, NetEase said, since it's covered by a separate long-term agreement. Both companies opted to remain dignified in their investor-focused pre- press releases, but TechCrunch spotted that NetEase president of global investment and partnership, Simon Zhu, unleashed some surprising breakup acrimony in a LinkedIn post. Quote, As a gamer who spent 10,000 hours in the world of Azeroth, StarCraft, and Overwatch, I feel so heartbroken as I will no longer have access to my account and memories next year, he wrote. 
Quote, one day when what has happened behind the scenes could be told, developers and gamers will have a whole new level of understanding of how much damage a jerk can make. End quote. Ah, there's the jerk. I was like, what the fuck? I'm still trying to figure out what this NetEase responsibility for this to a jerk. (laughs) Neither Blizzard nor NetEase responded to requests for comment in time for publication, so we're left to speculate who exactly Blizzard's jerk is. Greg? Who could this jerk be at Blizzard? It could be anybody at Blizzard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have anybody we not heard any horror, enough stories come out of Activision Blizzard to understand any jerk could be every, anywhere over there? Goddamn. So this, this of course, means the first first order of business will be for Blizzard to apologize to Blitzchung, right? And then come out and be like, yes, free Hong Kong. We were wrong about that. <laughs> That'll be a wild way Sorry, everybody. We were having <laughs> a game imagine? over there. We were tied up in a lot of shit. We, couldn't, we can now say Blitzchung, we're sorry. Free Hong Kong. Honestly, that would be nice, actually. Yeah. Uh, that'd be 1, fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah, no, they're not going to do that. I, Because I, I, well, I would think that maybe they're trying to get back in there, maybe through a different... 100%. Yeah. They definitely don't want to cut off their nose to spite their face on this one. Yes, they are going to try to get back into China and make money because there is a lot of money to be made in China off yeah. of video games. Yeah, this is 1,000%. I'm just blown away by A-Row 52. Remember the movie The Jerk? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Steve Martin. I remember. Yeah, that's that's classic. just That's a pull, all right. <laughs> this is one of those ones where I, I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall. To like see what the conversations led, because yeah, like, oh, we'll this get is there. a huge. Jason Schreier is going to find out who the jerk is. Oh yeah, Jason Schreier, I'll get to this. Uh, do you think it's the it's the the big jerk over there, Bobby Kotick? Yeah, doubtful. I feel like they would just say Bobby Kotick at that point. Yeah, he, he's That's a fair. sin eater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever like, whatever bad things jerk. happen over there, he can take it. <laughs> Story number six, and also, did anybody in chat mention what the thing was called in Red Faction? I was looking, I was looking for that. I didn't see it. Maybe, well, maybe we'll be in kind of fun. No, they they did do Borderlands Get Out of Hell though. They like that. Borderlands got oh yeah, like they did, like, they did, they did yeah because yeah. it's Volition and Gearbox. God, give me Red Faction, goddammit. Like, just give Volition. You have the property embracer. Just let the Geomod. Thank you, thank you. Uh, that is what new. It's going past. The name's gone. Red Faction Geomod podcast. Story number six. But that's a response to Mick Gordon. Oh, this I'm is sure this Je- will be a totally <laughs> reasonable <laughs> apology from Bethesda as well. This is Jeffrey Rousseau at GamesIndustry.biz. Bethesda has said that Mick Gordon's allegations regarding his involvement with the Doom Eternal soundtrack is an unjust account. Last week, the composer accused the game's executive producer, Marty Stratton, of lying regarding the musical project via an open letter he wrote in 2019. He also alleged that Stratton and ZeniMax lawyers offered him a six-figure settlement to, to take the blame for the soundtrack fallout. But that's a statement on Twitter said, quote, We reject the distortion of the truth and selective representation of incomplete facts. We stand ready with full and complete documented evidence to disclose in an appropriate venue as needed, end quote. The company also bemoaned that the statements regarding the matter have incited threats of violence against Gordon and Stratton. Quote, any threats of harassment directed towards members of our teams will be met with swift and appropriate action to protect their health and safety. End quote. It said. Greg, so much industry drama lately. Yeah. What do you, what do you make of this? It's a bad statement. It's, I've seen mixed responses all over the place, right? It's not a bad statement. It is doubling down that we're not wrong. Mm-hmm. And that is the line you have to walk, I guess, in all this stuff of, How do you support your current employees, you know, uh, Marty Chad and the team at id Software, but how do you also do this? Like, it's one of those that the response right from Mick was, remember, we talked about this last week. It was long gestating enough Mm. that it was like, oh, they must have gone through a bunch of stuff and he thought this was his only way out, right? Which I felt when we talked about it, again, this is he said, she said, as we all know. Of course. Gave it. Like, oh, man, maybe there's some teeth to this. The fact that he's gone this long and he's tried to do it the way and they're not doing it, so he's coming to this. This response then makes it sound like, oh, fuck, there's some teeth to what Bethesda and, Bethesda and Id think as well, right? Especially the throwdown. Like, we have the documentation. We have the facts. Like, we're ready to go to court if you want to go to court. It's kind of mm. we're getting into this, like, Russian missile crisis, right? Where it's like, who's going to blink first or who's just going to say, all right, we're going to court about this? And right. I... Do we really care? No, I wish everybody would just worked really well together and was great and yada 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 and didn't drag people in public. But this is the public discourse of people keeping going after each other. So it's like, yeah, now we're all involved in the sidelines, whether you want to be or not. I don't think. I mean, the statement is fired up. It's not the statement I would have expected yeah, from a I, company. Like, that's my thing is I wouldn't expect this from Bethesda, especially a Bethesda that is now under Microsoft of like so mu- so many moving parts, so much like importance and uh so much of this you have to handle with a careful nature right because you're not you're talking about now organizations on organizations right and yeah. stuff that might come back on you legally if you're getting any of this wrong right which like makes this surprising that they are responding with such a hard like no like we are ready <laughs> like we're yeah. like the, what he said is unjust like yada 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 uh 
I'm curious to see where this goes. It's unfortunate that uh, we were that we're seeing this conflict play out in real time in front of us. Um, but also, it's just unfortunate because I think they had such a good partnership before all this bullshit, right? Sure. Like when you're talking about the Dune 2016 soundtrack, oh my god, you're talking about one of the best soundtracks of the year, right? You're talking about a soundtrack that absolutely killed it. You're talking about somebody who's very talented in McGordon and a developer that's very talented in, in uh, its software. And the fact that they had to break up like this is so unfortunate because I think that partnership meant so much to the fans. Because like you know, think about how many times, maybe not you. I don't know if you're into Dune, but like for fans of Doom, think about how many times after playing that game where you go on YouTube and you type in BFG Division, division and you just listen to the song, right? Or you type in, like, whatever other, so- other song from um, uh, the Doom soundtrack because every single song in that soundtrack fucking hits. Like, that is a fantastic soundtrack, and it is unfortunate to see them uh, break up in this way. But yep. we'll see how this goes. Story number seven, uh, Streets of Rage is getting a movie. This is Brent Lang at Variety. Streets of Rage is getting the big screen treatment. Uh, Lionsgate has landed the motion picture rights to the Sega game and has enlisted Derek Holstad, uh, no stranger to the world of broken bones and crushed ribs, from a stint writing John Wick in its sequel. He'll write the film and produce it, apparently fulfilling a childhood ambition. Quote, when Dimitri first mentioned the idea of cracking a Streets of Rage movie, I was so immediately freaking in, Kolstad said in a statement. Quote, and to play with Sega, the 10-year-old me is still grinning. End quote. That sounds fun. A Streets of Rage movie? Yeah, sure. Go get them. Yeah. Streets of Rage has got a cool baseline story, right? So, yeah, go through and do it. What is the baseline story of Streets of it's Rage? A, it's not just people fighting on the street? Yeah, but I think it's like cops who have no other, like, agenda. They have to, you know, let me read it. Because if memory <laughs> serves, right, it was like the streets are lost and now these cops need to just go through and beat the shit out. Maybe they're de- dejected or whatever. Let's see what we got here now. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Why is it this hard to figure it out? Streets of Rage, I scrolling. As he's looking at char- Yeah, okay. Introduce four main characters, three young former police officers known as Axel, Bla- Axel Blaze and Adam. Uh, well, that was what I knew already. I don't think I realized they were cops. Yeah. Well, but again, they're dejected. Here, well, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that. Streets of Rage is a beat em up. <laughs> they're cops that, have, that want to take out a rageful vengeance on the streets? Yeah. Players act as Adam, Axel, or Blaze, who saves the city from being overtaken by a criminal syndicate led by Mr. X. The three traverse eight levels and ha- all have a total of 40 moves. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. Yeah, so I was right. I nailed it. Mm. Sometimes the only way to get justice is to be a cop and take it into your own hands and go to the streets and take yeah, out people. I don't think so. Barry, I, you're a Batman I, fan, I, all right? I, I, you I can think... choose your words carefully because he does the same thing. <laughs> all right? I'm, I'm, I'm on the side with the villains here. I'm just right? saying. The what? Joker was right. I... <laughs> <laughs> See, I wouldn't go that far, you know? But yeah. I'm excited for that's been being written by the I'll be John interested to see how they massage <laughs> yeah. that story. I think yeah, they can't, that's that's not, it. it cannot be the same way it was. There's yeah. gonna be some like oh but like the, the bad guys are really bad though. Like trust us. Like he's they're fucking they're punching women Honestly, on the street. Honestly, if I was to guess, you need to modernize this. What it is is that these three people have been have le- have been pushed out of a corrupt police department. Oh yeah. And the police department is run by Mr. X. And they, they have control of the city, and so now they need to go now take it all down. that's what I can get behind. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm talking well, about. Well, at the right end, there. they're going to become cops again, though. Oh, God damn it. Story number eight. We have the name and, we have the name and details on Supermassive's next Dark Pictures game. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Until Dawn and the quarry developer, Supermassive Games, is currently developing another Dark Pictures anthology game set in space. As reported by Eurogamer, a trailer for the new game appeared at the end of the Dark Pictures, The Devil in Me, and YouTube user Slimpy uh, has already uploaded footage from an early copy. The game is called Directive 8020 and will act as the season two premiere of the Dark Pictures anthology after The Devil Devil in Me wrapped up season one. The minute-long trailer shows what appears to be a space station from well into the future as a narrator comments that it's looking for humanity's new home. A lovely space adventure doesn't match Supermassive's horror background, uh, however, and some spookiness is naturally sprinkled into the trailer. Quote, this is Thomas Carter, speaks a panicked voice halfway through the previous transmission. Quote, something's wrong with Sims. She's trying to kill me. End quote. Greg, let's fucking fucking go. go. This sounds awesome. I love that uh, Supermassive is finding new ideas and like I would not have expected, yeah, something to take take place in space, right? Sci-fi horror. That I'm still spot awesome. excited to play the devil in me. I haven't oh, had time yeah. to get, get, get into that yet. I have it, but yeah, we got to get going on. I know Michael's planning a stream, but yeah, I love the fact that they tease their games at the end. You finish one and there's immediately a trailer for the next one. I think that's cool. And yeah, to put it in space, that sounds great. That sounds a great way to twist the horror. Oh yeah. Now, what if I told you the story I pitched you for the movie actually is the story of Streets of Rage? Because I finally found the wiki on Streets of Rage fandom. 
What was once peace, a peaceful and prosperous city has fallen into the hands of a crime syndicate led by a man known only as Mr. X. The syndicate has absorbed the city's government. Anyone can be bought if the price is right. And even the city's police is in their pocket. Crime is rising rapidly and no one is safe walking the streets day or night. Three police officers, Adam, Axel, and Blaze, repeatedly try to, try to make a task force to counter and resist the syndicate. But their, sup their superiors are either brought out or bought and bribed by the syndicate or too fearful to stick their necks out. Nothing is done. Okay. Finally, Adam, Axel, and Blaze decide to take matters into their own hands and resign from the police force. Force, I can't speak. Take, take into the streets as vigilantes to stop the syndicate. They are willing to risk everything, dot, 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 even their lives, dot, 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 on the streets of rage. Okay, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I want, in that movie, I want at one point for them to, like, look at each other uh, after, like, trying to fight the system and the system fights back too hard, look at each other and be like, man, these cops, they're some bastards. Dude, they, <laughs> that has to happen. There I need to be it like so the badly. final fight. God, you knock out whoever is like protecting Mr. Before, and then it's like, I, all cops are bastards. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking Streets of Rage. Goddamn. Now I'm high for it, Greg. I can't wait to see the Streets of Rage movie, but its release is probably just so far so away. So far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kinda Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Goat Simulator 3 for PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. Really quick on that. I love that, you know, when they announced uh, Goat Simulator 3, we thought it was uh, a Dead Island 2 or whatever mm -hmm. uh, with uh, the, the little spoof here. Yeah. And then the day before Goat Simulator 3 comes out, they had to delay Dead Island 2. It's all connected. <laughs> they're scared. I think they're scared of Goat Simulator yeah. 3 is what happened. They they're like, like, oh, shit. Get, their, get their mojo back. You know? Yeah. Uh, we got Monochrome Mobius, Rights and Wrongs Forgotten for PC. Wobble Dogs for Switch, uh, Frozen Flame for PC, Broken Edge for PC VR and MetaQuest 2, Oakenfold for PC, 171 for PC, Aspire 2 for MetaQuest, Game Type DX for PS4 and PS5, Goodbye World for Switch, My Fantastic Ranch for Xbox Series X, PS5, Switch, and PC, Star Sand for Xbox Series X and Xbox One, PS4, and PS5, and then Dune Spice Wars Air and Sand Update is Spice out today. Spice up your life! Uh, new dates for you. Knockout City Season 8 High Society Heist launches Jesus on November 29th. Season 8, Barrett. Let's fucking go. You, you ready to heist, Barrett? Me and you? Nah, man. I got too many <laughs> nah, to man. I, I love Knockout City. I just don't have the time for oh, it. It's a, week from, it's a week and a half from now. You'll be free by then. All right? Uh, I'm putting it on the calendar. I, well, here's the thing, Bless, is that, like, you reviewed Pokemon, so you got to play it early. Yeah. But that's that's uh -huh. my next, like, two, three weeks is Pokemon. And let me tell you, review season is far from finished. All right, close to protocol <laughs> is around the corner, and I can't wait to try that out. Uh, and PAX East returns to Boston March 23rd through the 26th in 2023. And then the next free Epic Games Store titles have been confirmed. Uh, you're getting Star Wars squ Squadrons. That will be free to claim from Epic's PC Marketplace from November 24th until December 1st. I got a deal of the day for you. Norco is available now on Xbox and PC Game Pass. Now it's time. For kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe, 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 globe. Naomi says the one with the pedometer uh, was Soul Silver and Heart Gold. Thank it you. was for the DS. Uh, Kebabs writes in and says the Red Faction Destruction System was called Geomod. Uh, a lot more people talking about Geomod. Condor said Red Faction Armageddon only played the demo, but it did slap. I, you're the only person who I've heard <laughs> say good things about Armageddon. Um, Hey, real quick, read that too. I, uh, clear your mind and just give me the answer. Are you going to play Midnight Suns after everything you've heard and read? I don't think so. Seen? Okay. I don't think so. I, for me now, it's becoming a competition of what games are sticking out to me. Yeah. Because um, like I knew I wanted to play God of War, Sonic, uh, Pokemon, Somerville. And now I'm like, okay, cool. What do I want to play now? Like, sure. What do okay. I really want to play out of what's coming out? And I, it was going to be Marvel's Midnight Suns. After hearing you talk about it, I think I'm going to stick to Pentiment. Because Pentiment has rised up the list as I've seen the reviews. Rise. And then that and uh, Coastal Protocol, I Perfect. think, are going to be my next two titles. And that might be it. No, there's High on Life that's going to come out in Final Fantasy Crisis Core. So, yeah, review season is on and popping. And that's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Day, they're going to be Tim and me. If you're watching this live after this is, as I type oh, in. It's Warzone all the rest of the week. Warzone, baby. baby. Warzone. Let's go. If you want to cast that stream later, of course, you can subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Remember this. It's been Kind of Funny Games daily. Each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, game daily. <laughs>